podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Let's get down to what the Lord's uh, called us to have a look at this morning. I wondered whether you've ever thought about who people say you are. Who people say you are. For example, growing up, still happening (laughs) before you, before somebody says it, growing up, I was known as the pastor's son, Kevin Ward's lad. I know that sounds weird because you all now know my brother, who is also Kevin Ward. I know he's older than me, you've all realized he's a lot, lot older than I am. But, but, but no, uh, our father is also called Kevin Ward. It was a thing to do, so I'm told. Anyway, so that's what he did. But that, that's who I was known as. Uh, known as. I was the pastor's son. Um, some of you might be singing now in your head, Here's the son of a preacher man. Here was. No, just me. Okay, and um, anyway, and, and then as time has moved on, and uh, I came onto the scene at uh, Yorkshire Christian Camp, where I met my wife, I'm now known, on the most part still, known as Lol's husband. <laughs> it is what it is. She's been there since she was in, uh, in, in a mum's tongue, so everybody knows Lol far better than they know me. So I'm, I'm known as, as uh, Lol's husband. And then when I, I think about, um, I get the, the privilege of taking the boys to school on Friday, and on the most part, I get to pick them up. And uh, when I get to school and, and these little kids see me, they're like, oh, that's Jack's dad or that's Hugo's dad. So now I, I, I've been diminished to just that now. So still at no point has anybody called me Matthew, you know what I mean? Still at no point has that happened in my entire life. But uh, we, we cling on. So, uh, so that's, there, there are a few different examples. Now think about you. What about you? Who do people say that you are? And what I've realized is this, that you have to get to know someone in order to know, really, who they are, yeah? I mean, I can be referred to as, as Lowell's husband until somebody gets to find out a little bit more about me, and then they're like, well, I can call you Matt now, or I can... Careful, <laughs> careful. I, I, can call you, uh, I can call you Sir Matt. That would be nice, <laughs> But uh, it's fair to say, I think, that you have to get to know somebody in order to know who they are. Um, In Matthew chapter 16, and verse 13 through 16, Jesus is with his disciples. Um, It says this in verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Now Jesus gets a little bit more personal, because he now brings it from the people to those that are with him, to his disciples. He says, but what about you, he asked? Who do you say I am? And of course, then Simon Peter, we know the confession, he said, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter's reply is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I've thought about this, and, and as I've looked and tried to understand the, uh, the, the, the dynamics of what's going off here, Peter's reply isn't born out of sort of a desire to, to achieve. 
You know, if I, if I get the right answer, if I put my hand up and I get the right answer at school, then I used to get, you know, a, a well done. Sorry, you are again. <laughs> Making sure you're listening. For, no? Anyway. Um, I used to get, you, you get a well done or you get a star and you get, it's not born out of achievement or, or maybe even praise like, oh, well done, Peter. You got it. It's not born out of that. But it's born out of the intimacy that these disciples had shared with their saviour as Jesus called them off the, off the shore of, of the lake. They know him, they've listened to his call, and they've got to know him over a period of time. And, and the reality of what they know has now settled in enough for Peter to have realised, and listen to what uh, Jesus says this to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. You see, Peter hasn't suddenly thought, well, what does everybody else say? What's everybody else saying about this guy that we're walking around with? What's everybody else say about Jesus? And if we're not careful, church, that's the kind of environment that we can find ourselves in. And then we, we start to develop our ideas and our philosophies and our thoughts on what so-and-so thinks. What do they think? Oh, well, I'm not interested in Jesus because, to be honest, I had a friend who used to go to church. Oh, and they used to say all sorts of things. They don't go anymore. And if we're not careful, we, we build our entire life on planet Earth, but far greater than that, our eternity on what other people think. You see how Jesus has said, who do people say I am? Now who do you say I am? He's calling Peter to, to, to make a decision here. Not, do you say I'm, I'm that? Or, or who, who do you know me as? And Peter says, well, you are, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And now then, out of his relationship, walking and talking with Jesus, but more than that, out of his conversation and his prayer life with God, Peter has had it revealed to him that this is Christ. This is the Messiah, the promised Messiah that those prophets talked about. This is that Messiah. This is Jesus. Not only has this man walked and talked with me, but I know that this man is the very Son of God. This man in front of me is God in flesh. And Peter's realised that. And that's staggering. And that is only born out of the fact that Peter knows who he is with because he has spent time understanding and searching and praying about this. Peter says that, um, that we were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses to his majesty. Have a look at this in um, 2 Peter chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, turn with it. It will be up on the screen, um, I hope. There you go, look. 2 Peter chapter 1 um, and verse 16 through 18. Listen to what Peter says here. He says, uh, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came on him from the majestic glory saying this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased 
We ourselves, we ourselves, Peter, James and John, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven and we were with him on that sacred mountain. Peter's now saying, look, I, I, I know him. Not only do I know him, but it's not just what everybody else has said. Listen, it's not uh, cleverly invented stories. It, it, it's who we saw. It's who we know. I know who he is because I've walked with him and I've talked with him and I've built a relationship with him. And now I am certain. I am certain. And as he writes pens these letters he can recall that the moment that he was there Peter says we were eyewitnesses to his majesty we saw him we heard him we watched him and we learned from him we could see absolutely clear clearly who he was and is but Peter also heard God in verse 17 and 18 and listen, it says, for we received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from heaven, the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven. It's like, it's like one of those moments where, well, you'd want to put yourself in the picture, wouldn't you? Turn with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 17. Go back to where we were. Matthew chapter 17. And listen to this. This is the transfiguration. This is putting ourselves in the picture as is recorded for us then. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. In other words, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. And if you want to go and study that further, you've got the law and the prophets there, along with Jesus. And they were talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And if you're a studier of, uh, of characters, that's your go-to with Peter. A guy who is all in, even when he has no idea what's going off. Guy after my own heart, mostly. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from the cloud said, listen, Peter's recorded this for us in his writings. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Well, what do you think the disciples did? Not only has Jesus been transfigured in front of them that he is just almost like, wow. Then all of a sudden a voice comes from heaven and says, this is my son and I'm well pleased. What are you going to do? Well, there's only one place to go in there, on the deck. As quick as you possibly can, because you have no idea what's going off, and you can see that something incredible is happening. When the disciples heard this, verse 6, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. They fell face down to the ground, terrified. <coughs> Let me put you in the picture. You see, because at the very beginning, Jesus asked the question, he says, who do you say I am? And you see this moment where they're terrified. Well, for you and me, there's going to be a point where we will stand before our maker. And there are two ways this can go. You see, 
You can stand there absolutely terrified, face down, and the maker can say, away from me, I never knew you. All this can happen. But Jesus came, verse 7, and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. This is one of those moments where Jesus said, they're with me. There's no reason for us to be terrified or afraid when we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Amen? There is no reason for us to be terrified and afraid when God the Father speaks. I don't have to be terrified or afraid. In reverence and obedience, of course, there is a natural reaction. But I'm not fearful for my life. Why? Well, because my life is hidden in Christ. Amen? So I'm not afraid. Uh, it's reverence and awe that Jesus Christ has done what needed to be done for me and for all of us who's put our faith and our trust in him. And I can stand before him because of Jesus. Amen? Because of Jesus, I can say, I can say that I am saved, redeemed, set free. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, the disciples saw Jesus in his glorified state. They heard God call him, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. But because they knew Jesus, church, because they knew who he was, because they had a relationship with him, they were safe because they were with Jesus. They were safe because they were with Jesus. You know, there's such blessing in these verses. The question is this morning for you is, who do you say that Jesus is? A good man? Just somebody from history? Do you believe he was a prophet? Do you believe he was somebody who was just, you know, a fanatic? You see, the truth is, and, I, and I've said this before, and it's a brave statement from the pulpit, but he's either the son of God or he's a liar. There isn't an in-between. And sometimes we can fool ourselves and think there is. You know, I'll be all right because, I, you know, I, I know there's a God. No, you see, Jesus says, who do you say I am? And that then puts a, a, a ping in our heart that says, I have to do something about this. And Peter's um, confession is, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And God says, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. But who do you say he is? Because you have a choice to make. And I, and I preach this so often. Because we have to know. Who do you say I am? The gospel is there for us to take hold of this morning. That's the good news about Jesus. Are we going to palm it off and say, well, it is what it is? Yeah, I believe there's a God. And I believe that Jesus, well, could be the son of God. But, but you know, we're all going to heaven. No, come to Bible study. We're in 1 John. You see, the truth is that we have to put our faith and our trust in Jesus. We have to say sorry for the sin in our life. We have to ask him into our life. That's not so difficult, is it? 
What gets in the way of that? Is it, is it doubt? Is it the lack of faith? What is it that gets in the way of that? Is it pride? You know, Jesus is able to conquer all of those barriers. He's able to break down all of those walls, but you have to let him. You have to allow him in. You have to search him out. You have to discover him. Don't take what other people say for the truth. Go and find out yourself. I'm not asking you to just listen to what I say on a Sunday morning and then go, well, pin all your hopes and dreams on that. No, go and look. You know, everything that I preach about, I say to you, go and look for yourself because it's so important. I want you to discover because I am convinced that if you look, there is no other conclusion than Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. There is no other conclusion than he is God in flesh. And there is no other conclusion that we cannot have life unless we put our faith and our trust in him. And Jesus said, if we do that, if we do that, then we will be saved, redeemed, set free. If we believe, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Bible says we will be saved. And that's my prayer for each of us this morning. While Jesus was also on the cross in Matthew chapter 27, one of the centurions that was there proclaimed this, and I only saw this yesterday. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, so Jesus is on the cross, he's given up his spirit, um, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. You've seen that before. I've seen that before. I hadn't seen the was though. Surely he was the son of God. Now, because I take what this word says as truth and because I've understood what the word has said to me, I know that the grave could not hold my savior. Amen. And after three days, he rose again. So the was is. The was is. You see, there's a difference, isn't there? Who do you say I am? Oh, well, he was a prophet, or he, he was a good man, or maybe he was a liar. Now, let me just put this into context for you. Because it's is. Because the grave could not hold him. How can I be so sure? Well, John, we're studying John at the moment. John was sent to an island of Patmos. They, uh, history records that they tried to boil him alive. Nasty. They were sick to the back teeth of the guy. They literally couldn't kill him. So they sent him to an island all by himself, or so they thought. And Jesus appeared to him. Have a look. Revelation Chapter 1. Somebody asked me this week when we were going to do Revelation in Bible study. Sometime within the next 10 years. <laughs> Revelation. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 through 18. Those that know the Bible have all sort of laughed and gone, yeah, 10 years, not a chance. Anyway, when I saw him, this is John talking about Jesus. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. You see, the was is. He is the son of God. The Bible tells us that he is seated at the right hand of the father. The Bible tells us that one day he will come back for those that are his. 
You see, because he is. He wasn't was. He wasn't could have been. He wasn't perhaps he may have been. No, he is the Son of God. And this morning, something has to fall from your eyes. Those scales have to fall from your eyes. You have to see. I pray, open your eyes and see that he is the Son of God. And he has life available for you. And all you have to do is accept and believe. Ask him into your heart. You know, this morning, literally for 10 years, we have been here as a church for this purpose, to share the gospel. And we're going to share with you after of what the Lord's been doing over this past 12 months. Church, we want to reach people for Christ. We want people to step from death to life. And you have the opportunity this morning. Let's stop putting it off. Let's do away with the nonsense. You know, I love you. You might not love me yet. But I'm working on it. I want the best for you. But I can tell you there's one who wants the best for you far better and far greater than I do. There is a God who loves you. And he wants you to have life. And all you have to do this morning is say sorry. And ask him into your heart. That's it. He says, I'm the first, I am the last. He was and is and is to come. And still the question remains, who do you say he is? Now I'm going to pray. And if you want to pray what I'm going to pray, then we're going to ask the Lord into your heart. And if you feel this morning that it's time, then let's make that prayer. And when you make that prayer, don't sit on it. Don't pretend like it didn't happen. Don't feel like, oh, what are gonna, people going to say? Come and see me. Come and talk to me. Literally, there is nothing more that I am doing on planet Earth other than this. And if the Lord calls me home tomorrow, this afternoon, so be it. Because this is what we're here for, isn't it? This is it. So I'm going to pray... And repeat after me, in your own heart, and then we're going to close. Let's pray. Loving God and Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you this morning that you are God. I want to thank you this morning for Jesus and for his love and his obedience unto the cross. Lord, I am sorry for the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. Father, I pray that you will forgive me and I put my faith in Jesus I ask you into my heart and I pray that you will change me from the inside out thank you that you love me enough to give your best I ask these things in Jesus name Amen Lord I just pray that as we have prayed and as we've shared together the, the, 
the truth and the joy of the gospel that, Father, your Holy Spirit would move, that this morning lives have been changed. Father, that's our prayer, that's our desire as a church. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you've done for us. And as we close together, as we worship together now, we just pray that you are just bless us. Father, don't let people leave this place without they leave here changed because they've met with a risen Savior. We say this morning that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.